For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome to the Kingdom of Pod. This is the Boise State Football Podcast on the Believe Podcast Network. Jeff Caves here in Fire Mount, Texas, coming up a total breakdown of the college football ranking and what it means for the Mountain West Conference to have nobody in the top 25 and how some of these schools jumped up on Boise State and got in there. Uh, one recruit comes in and one recruit leaves, both in the state of Texas for Boise State football, and we'll update you on how many Boise State recruits may be coming in the front door. And then a total breakdown of San Jose State, their two-headed quarterbacks and Boise State's uh, defense and, of course, Boise State's offense and San Diego, excuse me, San Jose State's uh, defense as well. Let's get into the college football ranking, though. The top 25 was released finally from the college football playoff people. There was a lot of movement, a lot of discussion about uh, BYU. And, of course, we'll take a look at the other group of five schools, not BYU, who's not a group of five school, by the way. Uh, but let's start at the top of the food chain first and looking at number seven, Cincinnati. They've beaten her only in the American Athletic Conference. It's just that they started higher. The AP preseason had them in the top 20 or number 20 uh, with with no games played. And, and then they move up to number 13 just in week number three. So they didn't have to do anything. And everybody has perceived them to be the best team in the group of five conference, why not Nevada? Why not San Jose State? You know, those have played, those those schools have played three less games. I get that. But are we getting to the point now where it's becoming obvious to not only the college football committee, but the rest of the college football world that uh, there's different rules uh, for everybody here if you started late, USC and Oregon, Wisconsin, uh, they're all ranked. They've got three or four games. Uh, and the group of five, the Mountain West started late, and so they're not going to get ranked. Uh, that's the way the game is being played right now. We'll see if it sort of catches up towards uh, the end. But the other rule I think that everybody is starting to understand is that the American Athletic Conference is far and away the more superior group. And the Mountain West Conference is not in that conversation. In fact, if you look at it, I think it's really uh, pretty disrespectful. But the committee is just doing their job. It's not like they're out to disrespect people. But it's pretty disrespectful that there is nobody in the top 25, including an undefeated San Jose or Nevada. You could say Boise State uh, may belong in there. uh, But they're going to argue that they don't belong in there because of the quality of their other wins, all from Mountain West schools. And that's, again, supporting the idea that we should be looking at expanding the football program and getting it back into the American Athletic Conference. And and that's really the argument. But Cincinnati sits there at 7, BYU. Been plenty of conversation about that uh, at number 14. They're 9-0. They have two two two-loss teams ahead of them in the top 12. Pretty much a disaster because 
BYU only has San Diego State to go. And when I heard the college football uh, committee executive director and chairman for this particular uh, cycle, Gary Barta, uh, coming out and suggesting that it's you know too bad that BYU only has a win over a short-handed uh, Boise State football team, I said, well, okay. <laughs> he said it. I didn't. Uh, a lot of fans, I think, clued in on that. And I don't know that BYU is going to get into the New Year's Day 6 unless there's a lot of cooperation because they already have two two two-loss teams ahead of them. And they only have a San Diego State team to beat to go, and there's not much there. So maybe it wears down the committee at uh, 10-0, and they'll have to have a lot of support. Uh, There was quite a bit of comment about where BYU's at, but you're not going to hear it now because they're not playing anymore. Coastal Carolina is a huge surprise. Uh, Sunbelt School at 8-0 at number 20. And I think that this is another example of uh, people that beat Boise State to the punch because they played more games. Uh, They didn't blink. They continued with their seasons. They uh, didn't have COVID to derail them. So there they are. Coastal Carolina at number 20. Marshalls from Conference USA. Their best win is over La Tech. They're 7-0. And is that how much the committee thinks uh, about the Mountain West Conference of Nevada and San Jose State, that a 7-0 Conference USA team that's only beaten La Tech is going to be ranked 21? Yes. I think it's the most painful, though, that Tulsa checked in at number 25. They lost to Oklahoma State, a ranked team, and then beat uh, some AAC schools, American Athletic Schools. They're 5-1. and one. They've played six times, and they're ranked uh, ahead of any school in the Mountain West Conference. So that's how I saw the the college football playoffs. I think there's quite a bit there. It's not all great news for the Mountain West Conference. BetOnline.ag, though, has all kinds of good news. You can make the bets that you want. All you got to do is go to BetOnline.ag, and they'll make it pretty simple for you. If you're looking at Boise State and you're thinking – Hey, they've got to be a couple of touchdowns at least better than San Jose State with a game in uh, Albertson Stadium. I would find it hard to disagree with that, so I would take Boise State. I'd go over to betonline.ag and take Boise State and lay those points. Uh, Take advantage of all the other great sign-up bonuses you'll find at betonline.ag. That's betonline.ag. Sign up today. We're getting closer and closer to... Uh, the National Letter of Intente and the early commit season. That's coming up on the 16th of December. I've been lucky since I've been living here in Flower Mountain, Texas, to be able to go out and see some of Boise State's recruits. Uh, We're less than three weeks away from that early signing period, and the numbers game for Boise State, I think, is still up in the air. Uh, They've got to decide how to handle the 2021 class just based on how many seniors are going to be coming back versus not coming back. Uh, Right now, Boise State does have 23 scholarships to give, but I don't know what they'll end up doing because some of those super seniors could stay and stay on scholarship. And then it kind of depends on the financial resources that the school has and how far or away they want to get in the gender equity battle because the more football players you pour on, that puts you a little bit out of compliance. But right now, I would say you've got some room to do that if you're going to have a decidedly more male percentage of scholarships, I think you have a way to explain that to the NCAA right now or to Title IX offices or to the government or the police department or whoever else they put in front of you. 
And there are many decisions right now that are being made for money. And this would be another in that line. And it doesn't sound like to me anybody's getting ahead of you. So I hope Boise State loads up. And who knows, they could have 105 guys on scholarship by the, uh, by the end of this. But they've got 15 hard commits right now. But or a D.I. from Mansfield Legacy, I think is how he may pronounce his name, a defensive back. Um is one of the decommitments, and it looks like he's going to be headed off to Northwestern. Just wanted to play at a higher level. He had an offer from Princeton, so I'm going to assume that Orr is a great student. So he took that Northwestern offer, decommitted to Boise State, and away he goes. Uh, I never saw him play due to a very minor injury that he has, so I can't tell you what a loss he is or isn't. Uh, but, you know, that was his biggest offer, but. I'll never begrudge a kid uh, who has an opportunity to go to a Northwestern or a Stanford or a Princeton, for that matter, and uh, pursue their interests that aren't on the field. Uh, I did see his defensive line buddy at Mansfield Legacy, though. He was a Notre Dame commit, um, defensive end David Abaria. He had a legal issue, and the game I went to after this legal issue, uh, he was throwing out the game for punching in another player. Now he's decommitted to Notre Dame and could be headed off to somewhere in the Big 12. And Boise State has tried to replace uh, Adi with going into Frisco, Texas, which is about, I don't know, 15 minutes north of me. And they've offered another defensive back, Zion Washington, as his replacement. Uh, Washington hasn't committed. He's got Georgia Tech, who came in late and offered as well. Georgia Tech offered on the 2nd of November. So I would say, what's he waiting for? If he was going to go to Georgia Tech, wouldn't he have already done that? We'll see if somebody else keeps coming in on him. This kid played wide receiver last year, so I think they wanted to watch how he played defensive back before anybody committed to him. He has been out publicly stating that he is a math guy, and that's what he's going to be looking at uh, in schools. And so if it comes down to just a comparison between the Georgia Tech Engineering School and Boise State, that could be a rough one to overcome. Georgia Tech has a pretty good reputation in getting people hired. Not that Boise State doesn't, but uh, that would be a considerable thing to overcome. My only point would be, as we sit here and broadcast this, he, he's had over three weeks to take that offer from Georgia Tech, and he hasn't done it. So let's just put... Uh, that there. You're listening to the Kingdom of Pod. We talk nothing but Boise State and Boise State football, and it's on the Believe Podcast Network. Thank you for joining me. And let's take a look at the breakdown and break down San Jose State against Boise State. First, the San Jose State offense against Boise State's defense. It all starts with the quarterback at San Jose State, Nick Starkle, who's got an interesting story. Uh, he was playing 15 minutes from my house in Argyle, Texas. And committed to Texas A&M out of high school. Ended up playing and getting some starting time there. Jimbo Fisher comes in and Nick Starkle is out. He heads over to Arkansas where, again, through attrition and problems in the Arkansas program, he ended up starting. And so now he's a graduate transfer to San Jose State. If you look at his stats, he's the most efficient quarterback in the Mountain West. He leads the team uh, in throwing, of course, with nine touchdowns against only two interceptions. He's a kid that wants to set, sit in the pocket. He's not somebody that wants to run and get out. So routes can develop. They can go way more downfield. But when they do need to run it at San Jose State, they're just going to turn to a quarterback. And they're not scared to tell you that when Nick Nash is in the game, he's going to run. He leads the team in rushing. Uh, this is the and best and only running option for San Jose State. So it's very unconventional, and it's worked for him. 
And they, so they don't care that you know when Nash is in the game, they're going to run the football. So big responsibility for Boise State's linebackers and defensive backs to spy and be accountable and yet at the same time defend the pass because I'm sure Nash uh, is more than just a threat to throw it when he does. Or, of course, uh, when Starko throws it, if you want to see a kid that's headed to the NFL, watch Derek Deese, the tight end. His dad played the NFL with the Niners. This kid will be in the NFL as well. He can not only catch it, but he can run people over. And, you know, they've got possession receivers, but really it's going to come down to perhaps uh, number 10, Trey Walker, who tore Boise State up last year in San Jose. Uh, Trey caught 10 passes for almost 200 yards against Boise State. And I don't think uh, Starkle or Nash specifically are better quarterbacks than Love was last year, but if they can throw a fade route and, and over-the-shoulder throw and wrong-shoulder throws, uh, Boise State struggled mightily. So why wouldn't they try that again? Uh, if you're looking at an interesting trend, can Boise State win the second half? Uh, can they adjust at halftime? Because the third quarter is where San Jose State's offense has dominated. Brennan has made some great adjustments with his offensive staff. He's kept people in place staff-wise, even though he's had some tough times and seems to be turning the corner. So the third quarter will be very interesting to see how Boise State stacks up. Boise State's offense against San Jose State's defense? Well, look, San Jose State watches film like anyone else. Everybody knows you have to pressure Boise State in past situations, even if you have to bring five and six people. And everybody gets to hit on Hank Bachmeyer. He's taken way too many shots. And San Jose State, they can get pressure without doing that. They can do it with three or four people. The strength of the team is probably in their defensive line. It got lucky, really, with some of their recruiting at the junior college level. Uh, I don't know how much throwing Boise State's going to have to do because especially if Alani is back, and some expect that to happen, you know, running the ball is the deal. And last year, Boise State ran the ball 55% of the time in the first half, and it wasn't working, and they really dug their heels in. And they came back in the second half and ran the ball 87% of the time in the second half. And it took a while, but they finally got their first lead on San Jose State last year in the third quarter uh, after the game was over. And the game really wasn't decided until about a minute and a half to go. George Helani had an eight-yard touchdown run. And I think they're going to go back to the ground, uh, whether Helani's there or not. Uh, but misdirection and taking the safeties and corners from San Jose State, getting them out of position, I think that's all going to happen. I don't think San Jose has seen anybody as explosive or as multiple, really, as Boise State is, uh, getting Shakir involved all over the field and then you know, banging you with C.T. Thomas or putting C.T. Thomas in the backfield, letting him throw a touchdown pass. Um, there's just a lot of weapons that they'll have to defend the full 11 uh, people against, and we'll see if Boise State can protect Bachmeyer when they do get in obvious throwing situations. But I think Boise State's going to score a lot of points. I also think they're going to beat San Jose State uh, by a couple of touchdowns. All right, there you have it, the abbreviated edition for Thanksgiving for the Boise State-San Jose State game. I hope you enjoyed that, and then we'll react. Hopefully Boise State gets this win and uh, keeps going. So thanks to the Believe Podcast Network for making this possible, and I do appreciate each and every one of you. Thankful for you for joining me here on the Kingdom of Pod. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you. 
with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.